This is JFM Podcast. Very good evening to you and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J11.9 here in Jos. My name is Ponsak Fanai. It's a beautiful Tuesday evening, 19th of September 2023. Gilbert Joseph, good evening. How's your day? How's the going, sir? Good evening, Ponsak. Um, good day. Every day is good enough to call it a good day. Yeah. And today isn't far-fetched, not until the um, latter part of the day, you know, when I stumbled on a news item and I began to just really reflect about the state of the southeast once again just the events that kept unfolding there but not specifically that local government it was from Olu which you understand is it in Imo state? Imo state yes Olu has become a desert a shadow of a town that used to be and right now it's about no local government it's totally a mayhem you know unfolding there Army, the army guys aren't left out. We understand police were also part of those who lost their lives. And what exactly is happening? Would the Saudis continue to blame, for example, um, its wars on perceived independence struggle? Or how much of a good have Namdi Kanu and this fellow from Finland, what's his name, Simon Ekpai again? Yeah. How much of a good have they done to the Igbo nation entirely? Such an industrious people, you know, independent thinkers are having to see before their very eyes a land brought down to ruins. What's happening? Really, it's pathetic. You know, uh, Gilbert, uh, what you're saying, you're you're bringing me into a conversation I had with, you know, someone that I met. Uh, I I, I think if I call James, you know, uh, James of Chip Hill Aluminium, you know, my dear friend, I I don't think he's out of place. Because he told me something very profound that I sat back, I thought about it. He said, we're just, you know, having, you know, conversation and uh, with friends. And I was asking them about, you know, Igbo culture, things that I find Mm -hmm. very intriguing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And things that I, I really want to know. Uh, and James was very kind enough, you know, to say, okay, this is it, this is it, this is how we do things, you know, this how we, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot from uh, James that day. But one thing he said that really struck me, he said that, look, young Igbo people are leaving the country. And these young people are really intelligent, they're industrious. And he said that it's worrisome for him. You know, I said, why is it worrisome? I mean, uh, they are going in search of a better life and things like that. He said, look, the opportunities here, you know, uh, is left for one to really open his eyes, you know, the eyes of your mind to see the opportunities for you to, you know, tap from. I I mean, and it's not out of place, you know, what he said. But uh, when I think about, you know, the dangerous ideas you know of namdi kanu simon ekpa and look at what he it has done you know to uh the ebos i i feel very terrible and that day you know james were established with james i said look there's no hamlet any hamlet that you go to in nigeria and you don't see an Igbo man that place is not progressive a fertile ground it's, it's not a fertile ground you know that is the word uh 
Well, it's, it's really heartbreaking, Gilbert, uh, that you know this kind of thing is happening in in the uh, southwest and southeast. southeast. You know, and it doesn't it doesn't it goes to show that it doesn't have any link with education. True, because the average Igbo person, you know, is literate. True. you know, goes to school, but it just shows that there are people who have dangerous ideas in society that society really need to sit back and purge you know, those people from inflicting their dangerous ideas, you know, on society. Very true. Uh, because we're seeking for integration and let's look each other, you know, as one. Uh, it, and, you know, talking about that, it's, it's very interesting that I, I read a statement from Murik. Murik is saying that President Tinibu has neglected the true. Muslims, you know, and uh, they even apologized to former governor of Kaduna State that, uh, you know, they should forgive him. Uh, he should forgive them, you know, uh, because after championing Muslim, Muslim ticket, but look at, you know, what, what they're they getting in return. Know, and and I, I sat back, I said, so Murik and Professor Ishak and Akintola is not judging the administration based on the competence of the administration is already bringing you know this chaotic petty division, sentiments true. you know chaotic mm. you know division and if we continue to organize our politics you know on that it shows that there's no there's no progress politics should be organized based on ideas and result you know uh just like if we come to plato state look at what governor mudfang is doing i never knew that there was a plato state agency for direct uh, direct labor until when he came and look at the roads that you know he's building and driving on those roads you know i was at least it's comforting yeah <laughs> there was this time that uh i used to work with an american and he said something very funny he said nigerian drivers can perfectly drive f1 formula one i said why <laughs> he said because you guys know how to maneuver the potholes easily, <laughs> you know. And it's like it's something that you know in your head that, okay, if I go to this place less than 500 meters, this is how I'm going to maneuver and things like But right now, I mean, you can drive uh, and look at what he's doing in, you know, in Just North, you know, in uh, part of Recox, you know, and uh, I would say entire, the entire Just Metropolis and even uh, Bukuru Metropolis, not shouting. This is the kind of governance we want. We want me. I want result. Mm. I don't want you know uh, for you to talk about uh, that these people are not. Yeah, I believe in equal representation, but uh, there are some things that don't make sense if people are seeing result. I think that we should talk about result instead of you know uh, what Morik is saying that no, even the Yorubas. That's what they say. Mm -hmm. Is Yoruba Christians. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, sure. I mean, so even in the Yoruba, you are you are already sidelining, you are you are causing you know a chasm to say that okay, these people are Yoruba. It doesn't make sense. Very true. Two things I'm going to respond as an aftermath of the things that you have said, Ponsak. Um, there is another group within the All Progressives Congress that are also you know that that this thought is resonating with them. That's Murik's thought. You know, and they came out to tell the president that categorically he ceded the economy of the nation to Yoruba Christians. Now you look at that again. Quite unfortunate. And I think there was a time that the same faith ticket really made a lot of sense to people. And I thought that them trying to just relegate that difference to the background meant it was for the greater good. Not until now. Why exactly? And then it reveals the nature of human beings, it reveals the nature of people. Perhaps the thought they had harbored underneath, and perhaps even the sort of thought that we all refused to agree that the president was telling Nigerians that, look, this same faith ticket isn't about, you know, just trying to um, relegate anybody to the background. Mm -hmm. And that was the point he made. Perhaps if these things are happening, okay, the number one citizen, 
if you are using religion as a barometer, for example, to measure whatever it is that you want, he's mm. already a Muslim. So what, again, are you looking for? The man is trying to balance, perhaps, in his books, and then you're here after his neck. Quite unfortunate, Ponsak. But you spoke about your interaction with certain individuals and the Japa syndrome. Yeah. I, I never knew that the late Professor um, David Jowit, you know, had gained Nigerian citizenship. And he was not until close to his death or uh, uh, a few years, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. I read that in the papers at the weekend. Mm. And I was like, wow, here's a country where you have Nigerians trying to live. And you have somebody who comes entirely from the West. And he had struggled all through his life. You know, within the period he arrived the country and began to work here, I understood he chased hard for a Nigerian citizenship. And eventually he got that. Look at the big irony. And we have our best minds, our young people, industrious, at their age. And by the way, there are certain immigration agencies that look at your age, basically. If you don't meet a certain age criteria, you aren't even getting any look in from there. And so it's quite unfortunate. This is the state of Nigeria. Yeah, I mean, uh, very unfortunate. But what can we say? Uh, do you pay attention yesterday to the speech of uh, Governor Mutfan? Yes, I did. What do you think about it? Yeah, lots of, lots of assertive statement, by the way, assertive speech to speak. I just, and I just, it, I just love how, uh, you know, as a journalist, you know, you cannot sit on the fence and look at, okay, what's APC saying? Yeah, the reaction. EPC True. Saying? What's True. Absolutely. You know, so <laughs> yesterday, you know, APC guys were saying that the part that, I think it was paragraph 13 or 8, where he spoke about young people don't let yeah, young people. Yeah, yeah. And they just assumed that Governor Mudfang was talking about that. Yes. And I just, <laughs> when I read some of the posts, I said, so even if Governor Mutfang isn't a smart person, don't he has have smart people around him for him to condescend so low to talk about, you know, an individual that is representing not even a quarter, maybe 0 0.5 of the population. And, well, I, it's all the function of thinking and perception. Perception is, very, is reality. Sure, sure. If you perceive something is what you, you know, uh, what is reality to you? And, uh, well, we have guests that will help us to understand the issues, Gilbert. But yeah. <laughs> I cut it short. <laughs> yeah. Um, just to add up to what you said before we move on from there, I think that um, it will be really interesting um, to see what exactly the principal characters that these Trojan horses have tried to insinuate the governor was, you know, speaking about in that case. And I would like to categorically see the statements in the coming days that would come from the major players, major actors in the polity regarding that paragraph of the governor's speech last night. And if they aren't too smart, I think they might just as well be taking a bit that wasn't perhaps even directed at them. And that's quite sad. But it shows that there is an individual who has, who has a, his hand on almost virtually everything that concerns the people. And the one thing that kept me thinking is the fact that he promised from the tone of his voice, of course, there is something that goes beyond even the words, mm -hmm. that he owes the state a debt. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. you could imagine for an individual to just, in his head, in the sleep of his mind, tell you that he owes you a debt simply because you, have, you cast your vote for him. I mean, it shows a high sense of responsibility. And across party lines, 
I would like to see people look at things and put the interest of the state first, regardless of where you're coming from. If I were in the opposition, for example, what I would do is to, in my mind, draft out the time frame and say, look, I'm giving this man a certain number of months to prove me wrong or right. And then let's see where we get from there in terms of even playing the opposition card. Yeah. Unlike, you know, Governor Lalong, that uh, first hundred days he was junketing to Brazil, to Dubai, to, you know, in the name of bringing investors. But uh, uh, Plato State got zero FDI, foreign direct investment, you know, throughout his eight-year tenure. And I'm not the one who is putting up the report. It's, you know, budget and some reputable, you know, data organization across the country. Let's play this inside when we come back. We have three guests, one via phone. The show will continue. Stay here. The Honorable Minister of State, Labor and Employment, Barista Kirum, the Director of ASIN, the Office of the Director of ASIN, the Office of the BAMSEC, you civil servants, you are the ones creating Other directors that are here are amiable friends, comrades, ably led by President of the NLC and also the Secretary of the NLC, very eminent executive of the Nigerian Labour Congress that are here. Members of the press, ladies and gentlemen, it is an honor to, for, for, for me, it is an honor to be before you today as the Minister of Labour and Employment, together with my colleague, the Honorable Minister of State, Labour and Employment representing the government's commitment to addressing the recent crisis and nurturing economic advancement in our great nation. I appreciate your honoring our invitation and look forward to productive discussions with you going forward. In recent months, our country has witnessed teething challenges marked by industrial actions and unrest that have adversely affected the economy. I appear before you today not just as a representative of the government, but as an advocate for constructive dialogue, aspiring to understand your concerns and working hand in hand to find lasting solutions that benefit all Nigerians. I fully acknowledge and appreciate the invaluable role the NLC plays in championing for the rights and welfare of our workers. Your dedication and tireless advocacy have been critical in, shape, in shaping a fair and inclusive work environment and ensuring the well-being of our workforce. We acknowledge the valid grievances that have fueled the recent labor crisis and we are committed to addressing them in a just and equitable manner. We must also recognize the economic realities that confront us. As we address the concerns of our workforce, we must be mindful of striking a balance that promotes economic growth and secures sustainable progress for our nation. Today, I call upon each one of you to join hands in an open-minded and constructive dialogue, enabling us to bridge any gaps that may exist between the interests of workers and the ultimate goal of driving economic advancement. In the spirit of unity and with utmost commitment to the betterment of our nation, let us seize this opportunity to listen and understand one another. Together, let us explore innovative approaches 
the emerging strategies that enhance working conditions and worker benefits while nurturing a robust economy. I am confident that this gathering will produce resolutions that propel our labor sector towards better, greater strength and our beloved country towards a brighter future. We eagerly look forward to our discussions today, knowing that a harmonious collaboration between the government and the NLC will facilitate an environment where our workforce thrives and our economy flourishes. Well, that was former Governor of Plateau State and Minister for Labor and Productivity uh, versus Simon Bakola Long uh, while he was uh, ha having a meeting with NLC that ended up in a deadlock. The program is Niger at Sunset. My name is Ponsak Fanab. And my name is Gilbert Joseph. We have three guests. One is via phone. Uh, pharmacist uh, uh, John Chung is via phone. But live in the studio, we have Mr. Jinan Winston Moses. He's here. Good evening. Thank you very much for coming, sir. It's nice to be here and good evening. And we have Mr. John Keller. Good evening. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Good evening, Plato. Nice to be here. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we're trying to get uh, pharmacist John Chung via phone. Uh, if he joins the conversation, we're going to uh, start, you know, the uh, chat. But I'll begin with uh, Mr. Janan Winston. Yesterday, did you listen to the governor's uh, speech, uh, statewide address yesterday? Oh, sure. Uh, what, what's your thought? Let's uh, talk about, you know, the overall, what do you think about it? I think it was aptly captured. It was exactly, you know, hitting the points on the head. And uh, for those who really feel uh, otherwise about that speech, the question is, do they have skeletons in their cupboards that they are hiding? Because the governor made no reference to any individual. In the first place, that noise they are making about Gagdi, is Gagdi anything worth to, to talk about, for His Excellency to talk about? I watched him when he, he was featured on, on Arise TV the last time. He was very disrespectful of the governor. Listen, we are talking about democracy here. And if democracy is of the people, by the people, and for the people, you will expect that somebody who is supposed to be an honorable member of the House of Representatives yeah, yeah, Mr. Winston, sorry to uh, cut you short. We have pharmacist John Chung via phone. Good evening, pharmacist uh, John Chung. Thank you very much for joining, sir. Good evening, Professor and team. Uh, good evening, Plato. Okay, well, we have... Excited to be here again after some time. Yeah, w w Gilbert is here, uh, usual suspect. We have John Keller, he's a co-panelist, and we have Mr. Jinan Winston Moses, a co-panelist, uh, too. Uh, you've got a full house. Uh, good evening, Gilbert, Jinan, and uh, who did I miss? John Kelly. John Kelly. John Kelly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, well, Jenna, let me ask uh, Pharmacist John Chung before you continue with your thought. No I mean, yesterday, did you listen to the, well, congratulations once again on your appointment, uh, Lysen office, officer, you know, in uh, Abuja. Let's, yesterday, did you listen you. to the, you, did, did you listen to the uh, go governor's uh, speech yesterday, statewide address? Of course. Okay. Uh, there is no how I would have missed the speech of His Excellency, a very eloquent governor who 
who talks straight to the issues. I was excited to wait for the time to listen to that speech. So, and of course, it made a very, very, very exciting speech. What are some of the high points for you? What are some of the high points for you? Well, for me, uh, some of the high points of that speech was the, the assurance His Excellency gave the people of Plateau State. He assured them to be calm, to disregard the activities and the schemics of uh, miscrimes who are bent on, you know, tampering with the fragile peace Plateau has been enjoying since the coming of his administration. And of course, these are merchants of crisis. But I'm happy because the people of Plateau State have decided to embrace peace. They are resisting the attempt by those good groups of people who are supposed to be honorable men in society and are inciting people into making violent statements, inciting statements. And of course, it was an assurance of the people of Plateau State that their elected governor has come to stay, that the elected governor has an agenda for the people of Plateau, that the people of Plateau must take ownership of their own government and enjoy the dividends of democracy thereafter. All right, well, uh, you, you talked about where he spoke about uh, youths not uh, being allowed, I mean, basically youths not allowing themselves to be used by, you know, selfish politicians, and he used the word rascals. Uh, but back home here in Plantu State, some people have... You know, especially members of uh, the APC, you know, the party that you are opposing, uh, have come out to say that he's referring to uh, a certain individual. I mean, how does it make you feel? Do you think that the governor will condescend so low uh, to make an individual, you know, the uh, point of his uh, statewide address yesterday? Well, let me first of all correct the fact that... Um we are not opposing APC because APC in Plateau is the opposition. Uh, the PDP is the ruling party in Plateau State as far as Plateau is concerned. Yeah, I mean, very, uh, very I correct. I should correct that. Yeah, very correct. Yeah, so uh, and, uh, coming down to the issue of um, the word rascal that His Excellency used in the speech, if anybody coming from the APC thinks he is guilty to be addressed as a rascal, then so be it. Because um, I do not know Yesterday he did not mention anybody's name. He did not glorify anybody. But he made mention in clear terms that those who have, those people who have taught the path of rascality, those people who have taught the path of uh, being very unpatriotic citizens of Plateau states, that their days, their days are numbered, and that is why he gave a very stern warning that he will no longer tolerate the activities of rascals and miscrimes. So if the APC think that that statement was directed at them or any individual, then they are narrowing it that such individuals or groups have demonstrated characteristics that best describes the word rascals. So I, I am at peace. I am not, uh, in fact, I, 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 the, the speech of His Excellency was, was timely. It addresses the issues. 
And it has also doused the tension in the states because there is a reassurance. One or two individuals or even a party, an opposition party, cannot intimidate the people of Plateau states, nor do they have the right to tamper with our very fragile peace that we've been enjoying. All right. And of course, the, the proceedings that have been going on in Plateau State, as far as the tribunals are concerned, no individual, no single individual can be more powerful than a government, if at all there's any. So if the APC thinks they have rascals among themselves that best describes the description of the governor, so be it. All right. Well, let them identify the people and put them to the table for us to now know them. Okay. Well, uh, okay, uh, Mr. Janani, we're making an explanation. Please go ahead, and then we'll bring in uh, John Keller. Like I was saying, mm. I watched him on uh, Arise Television. That is uh, Honorable Gagdi. Okay. I'm talking about Gagdi because the okay. APC okay. Uh, Irads were no, there. No, no, no. Let's <laughs> use friendly language. Yeah. Upcoming. Yeah. Okay. Friendly language. Yeah. Okay. The E Army of the APC. Then. Okay. Yeah. Would that? I, would you accept that? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. The E Army of the APC then were 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 coming out with narratives that tried to suggest that His Excellency was talking about uh, uh, Honorable Yusuf Gaddi. For crying out loud, in my opinion, Honorable Yusuf Gaddi is not worth the Excellency to single out as a person, except if the APC E Army are aware of some of the activities that. Honorable Gagdi is doing that qualifies him as a misgrant, then their submission will be justified. But keeping that aside, that statement was targeted at those who are in the process of trying to ferment trouble in the state, and for which he said the security agencies are following the lead to ensure that whatever it is that they're doing is nipped on the board. Listen, I'm making reference to that. Uh, 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 appearance he made on Arise Television because he disrespected our elders. He insulted the people of Plateau State. This is the reason why I said He's so. a Plateau person. Too. I'm saying no, but he insulted us because if democracy is a government of the people, by the people and for the people, then it means that as, 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 as a person, as an individual, and as also a representative of the people of Kanke Panshin Kanam, he should know that it is the people that decided who would lead them. And Barista Kaleb Mutfuang is acting on the mandate of the people of Plateau State. So he should respect them. For him to say that His Excellency has not reached out to him to forge a solution to the peace process on the plateau is insulting. He is a member House of Representatives. Has he ever in any fora make any advancement or try to reach out to his excellency to join his head together to work for the people of plateau state okay plateau is not is listen what i'm trying to say here is simple that whatever you saw the apce army doing yesterday and still doing today as we speak on the social spaces is because they are tacitly admitting guilt it is a tacit admission of guilt. Okay. Well, Mr. John Keller, come in <coughs> and then Gilbert will take the next round of questioning. Well, I, I think um, basically um, leadership is a role performance for a duration of time. And once you've been given the opportunity to lead, 
he must act accordingly as a leader. Um, what the governor did yesterday, um, because if you look at it critically, that broadcasts are really made. And before you see a governor or a president making a broadcast, that calls the attention of the citizenry to listen because probably there could be certain critical points or messages that could be passed out to the people. And basically, that's the point we're having at this moment. So when the governor came at this point, it was a pointer to relate to the people who actually voted him into office because there must be a period for assessment and also a period for feedback. But for, do you feel happy that, you know, and this is coming... Uh, uh, against the backdrop of a Simon Bakola long administration that, I mean, I know that 29th May address, 1st of October address, uh, just important, important days. But, you know, Governor Mutfang is bringing something different that, okay, I feel them just uh, address these people to tell them, okay, this is the record of my stewardship. Yeah. How does it make you feel, you know? As and, and, and that was why I used the term broadcast I really made. Okay. Because usually wait for 1st October, to make a broadcast, Democracy Day, you make a broadcast, and you also wait for probably some critical important assignments that you now see the governor or the president engaging the citizenry. But at this point, the governor decided to stop to ponder. Right, having given this mandate for a period of three months plus, what do I need to tell the people of Plata State? Instead of going to, into the rhetorics of a 100-day celebration and begin to cap a lot of issues that probably you do not have your hand on deck on. But the governor decided to update the people or probably to give them uh, updates on the critical happenings within the states. And what were the issues that the governor was bringing on the table? First, he was looking at the institutional decay as at the time he came into power as the governor of Plata State. For instance, Mr. Ponsad, let me tell you as a critical point that go to the Nigerian Standard, for instance. The Nigerian Standard, a group of newspapers that used to be the heartbeat of the North. Right, is now in a sorry state of decay. As I'm talking to you right now, the Nigerian standard is now into production. And the former governor of Plateau State, Governor Dad John, uh, uh, Senator John David Jang, had given the Nigerian standard a state of the act, uh, you know, equipment to advance her production in terms of newspaper and other activities. But within the span of the eight year period that we had with the former administration, nothing was done about it. And again, let me also tell you authoritatively that the digital or digitization of the Nigerian uh, 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 TV and radio upgrade was done here on the plateau. And as of today, a lot of people are complaining about you know, the signal of the PR TV as the case may be. So that means that there's a total disconnect between the government and the people. Now, as at present, the governor is making active and proactive measures in seeing that he starts giving these ministries, departments, and agencies of government, you know, their due allocations to improve productions in terms of their facilities. And very importantly, one of the things also mentioned in the broadcast was the issue of security. I bet you that this is the first time in the history of Plateau State, I won't say Nigeria, that we are having a direct intervention from the federal government as far as the issue of security is concerned. And let me take the lead this way. First, in 1999, if you recall very critically, you will 
confirm that the former president, Olusegun Obasanjo, came to Plateau State and he had an altercation with the former Khan chairman of Plateau State, Yakubo Pam, Pam yeah, where Yacoub he called, where he made a statement that, can my food. Yeah, can chairman my yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, can my food. And you remember how that issue degenerated. Now, fast forward to the period of Yar Adwa, when he came into being. Then, then the former governor, Jonah David Jang, was in office. The governor, the governor made frantic effort to access the president to discuss the precarious security situation in Plateau State. He he hadn't no, you know, no interest in looking at those issues. He was only left with the, the, the former VP, who was um, the then Jonathan, and he became the president. Under the watch of the former president, we had a sitting senator. Senator Gang Danton was killed. And we also had a um, um, member of the House of Rese Assembly, former Gang Majority Leader, was also killed alongside other individuals whom they had gone to attend the funeral within that period. Nothing was done within that period. Fast forward again to the period of um, President Mahmoud Buhari. You remember that was when a lot of killings were done and Gashish, even the former VP, the, the Gashis, and a lot of promises were made. When the VP um, visited Plateau State, he announced a donation of 10 billion naira. And that 10 billion naira, we cannot account whether the 10 billion naira was given to the state government or not. Also recall the issue of the Yalwazangam, what happened there. There was no address. You remember the gaseous issue, over 250 people were killed. There was no address. Now, for instance, with the span of period, three months that the governor Mufwan had been in office, you can see the deliberate and strategic approach as far as the security architecture is concerned. And this is the first time... That was why I said that the federal government, not just the Operation Safe Haven that we have here, manning the security architecture on the plateau. You're now having the intervention of the federal government directly from the force headquarters. Yeah. It's directing her let's, personnel yeah, into the state yeah. to intervene into the insecurity on the plateau. Yeah, and yeah. the wife of the president was also here, yeah. where she made a donation of 500 yeah. million naira yeah, to well, alleviate the plight of the people. Yeah, Gilbert, come in. Maybe you engage uh, pharmacist uh, John Chung and then uh, All we'll right. let him go. Alright, I actually wanted to speak with Jinan okay, on, okay, okay. on the same subject matter, but no problem. Pharmacist can you hear us? Yes, very well. All right. Um, I wanted to return to you on the same issue, you know, that you had spoken about earlier, um, the issue of miscreants and, you know, um, the governor saying whoever foments trouble might, uh, you know, face the wrath of government, of the state, and that he can't watch to fold his arms, you know, and allow all of these things occur. Perhaps um, is in intelligence at the governor's disposal indicate that it's some opposition members that, you know, are harboring or nurturing some of these plans of disrupting the peace, the relative peace the state is enjoying. I know that for sure would end up hearing things like um, the governor is muzzling the opposition. You know, he's trampling on rights, civil rights. What sort of balance would you want to see him or his administration strike in handling issues such as this? Uh, thank you, Gilbert. Um in this particular subject matter, I think for a, for a very long time, Plateau has not had a governor who is more ready to unite the entire Plateau like Governor Khaled Mutfam. And I'm not saying this as a lip service. I am a testimony to it. I see it every other day directly from His Excellency, the kind of effort he has tried to put together to ensure that we coexist as a unit, we coexist as one people. And you would see from some of the things he's already beginning to do. Take, for instance, the Road Maintenance Agency. 
it is only a governor who wants to bring everybody together that will start road maintenance in the manner which the governor has started. You would recall that the activity started somewhere around Ricos and went round the entire just not an uh, environs through to Feringada and then coming back. So it tells you a story that look, the governor is ready to carry all and sundry along. And it's unfortunate as the chief executive of the state, you will know for sure that he has first-hand information from security agencies. He receives briefings every other day. And of course, he cannot fool his hands in the midst of uh, uh, unguarded comments from certain quarters and allow the state to go into a very serious political heat. And of course, that informed the statement he made yesterday. Uh, somebody mentioned about uh, a particular honorable member from Washington Kanchi Kanam. I don't want to join issues and glorify uh, someone who has, if you like, who is beginning to to you know to set aside the title of a honorable and take the role of a talk a talk and beginning to play politics of toggery. We will not accept that, and we will not also encourage it. When you talk about the, some of the inflammatory comments he's been making on uh, different uh, media platforms, you will ask, ask that same honorable member who is seeking for recognition from the governor whether he has ever recognized the governor. I recall during the time the National Assembly was going to elect her legislators, I mean her leaders, virtually every other member who was seeking one position or the other, visited the participant state governors. Did you ask Honorable uh, uh, Babayo whether he ever thought that he had a governor to go and inform him that he was running for, for the position of a speaker? And if I will help the people who think that the rascal that His uh, Excellency talked about is useful that be, well, I, I don't know. But the answer is also in the affirmative because if you recall during the valedictory section in the National Assembly, when the Ninth Assembly was being, was winding down to give uh, way for the Tenth Assembly, there were only two members. By the time they stood up to make their valedictory speech, the entire members of the National Assembly shut them down because they lack credibility, they lack honor, they, they have lost a sense of friendship among their colleagues. Their colleagues see them as a brief. Pharmacists, who, who are those two members? Themselves. Well, I will come to that. I will come to that. Those two members were isolated for humiliation during valedictory. It was all over on the TV. And the first person on that list was Yusufu Gagdi. But I, I, I want to believe that Yusufu Gagdi should have worn the garment of shame and the garment of uh, 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 restitution to, to do an instrument into his own personal uh, behavior and, uh, and, and begin to address himself so that he will wash his linens as he cohabits with the 10th Assembly. But, you know, uh, I see that instead of settling down for service, you see an individual who has a position of responsibility, who is supposed to join hands with his, uh, with, with his colleagues in the National Assembly 
to bring about progress in Plateau State, is only interested in junketing from one station to another and making, you know, a caricature of himself at all the times. So I don't take him serious for anything. All right. Because, you see, the, the issues, and I didn't want to bring this up because I don't think His Excellency, uh, he is worth the time of His Excellency. But if the narrative is people are saying, if they help us, they want us to help them address it. And it's the reason why I'm bringing this uh, 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 an analogy. All right. It was only Honorable Yusuf Gadi and Honorable Oluwake from the South that were shut down in the National Assembly. They were not allowed to speak because they were seen as filthy honorables who did not demonstrate the act of honor in service. All right. So Th thank you. We, thank you, uh, Thomas. So, so, so I, don't, I, I won't join such persons irrespective of whatever status they are occupying now. As long as there's no honor in that status, I cannot join in, the, in, in celebrating such, uh, such characters. All right. Quickly, um, Mr. Janan Winston, I'd like to get your response and, you know, some of the feelers that you think members of the public or even politicians among themselves can pick, some of the lessons they can pick. Because here is a governor that belongs to the opposition collaborating with the president. And, of course, you, he did mention the fact that he was one of the first individuals the president granted audience as a result of the security situation in the state and all of that. And you see that there is a significant improvement in that. So if people across these lines can walk at the echelon of leadership, what exactly is wrong with followers understanding that, look, it's about the common good and not necessarily some of the biases? In a simple word, I can qualify your answer. And it is called responsibility. The governor have demonstrated responsible leadership. That is the reason why the first lady was able to recognize that, yes, this is governance and it is about Nigerians. It's no longer a party affair. Listen, Gilbert, we've said this on this station over and over and over, that peace is for everybody's goal. Security is for everybody's goal. So it is because his excellency is able to demonstrate responsible leadership that is the reason why you are able to see him foster collaborations between the political parties that is the reason why you are able to see him achieve all that he's been able to achieve listen like he said in his statement in his address to the people of plateau state yesterday the time for blaming the past administration is over and it is time to serve the people. And because he takes the responsibility the, pe the people of Plato gave him so seriously, that is why he appreciates them and he, feel, he, feel, he felt very, very uh, uh, heavy to come out to tell them that, listen, I am not taking your mandate for granted. And the things the governor is doing quietly to ensure that Plato regain its place of pride and honor is, is, is enormous. We're not an administration that, uh, you know, we, we come on radio, we go on social media and say things that have not been achieved, things that have not been done before. We will want people to see what the administration is doing on the ground. So what I would respond to your question is that the reason why you see this collaboration going on between his Excellency Vice Caleb Mudfuang and the national uh, 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 seat of power is because of his responsible leadership. All right. 
Well, let's open the phone lines. Zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven. Well, pharmacist, uh, pharmacist John Chung, there's a noise where you are, so I think we should just let you go. Thank you very much for your time. Okay, uh, maybe I just make a last statement. Okay, make a, make your last uh, concluding remark, sir. Let me thank you for bringing this um, panel together and also extend my profound gratitude to His Excellency for the matured way he has handled the affairs of Plateau State. I bet you the state at which we met uh, the infrastructure, including the different government houses across the states, and of course the largest office in Abuja and the Governor's Lodge, he have been in a messy state. Wow. But I thank His Excellency for taking his time to put up an infrastructural framework, a recovery framework that will bring back Plateau back to his glory again. I must tell you, things as little as televisions were nowhere to be found in the Governor's Lodge in Asokoro in Abuja. It, 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 it was as petty as that. So I think I will encourage us that Whatever position you find yourself to be responsible for government facilities, we should please be able to manage them as if they were our own personal belongings. I will never, never advocate for anybody to handle governance the way the former governor of Plateau State handled the affairs of Plateau State, including the physical assets that are owned by the state. Don't even talk about vehicles. There was virtually no vehicle left anywhere for takeoff of governance. It was as bad as that. But I thank His Excellency for his maturity, his calmness. He has let them have a slip even after this level of destruction they had on the state. Not every other governor would have had the patience to tolerate them in that manner. But because of the spirit of Plato, he decided that we are brothers. But even in doing that, I think people should not point the finger into his eye. I think uh, the, the house adage that says every pepper is hot. Okay? So, so, so I, I, I want to thank His Excellency once again for taking his time to build back the structures of Plateau. And I can tell you, Plateau is in safe hands going forward. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We well, appreciate your time. Uh, pharmacist John Chung lies on Officer Abuja. Thank you very much. Uh, have a good evening. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you can join the conversation now. 081-2187-7777 or you call 90 Before you call, turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off uh, completely. Well, it's very shocking, Gilbert, that uh, even our house, Plateau House in Asokoro, <laughs> little things as have been catched away. You know, mm. it, it tells you it it only it, it would inform you about you know uh, the level of thinking, the privacy, yeah, mm. of uh, human beings. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. One sat and the two guests in the house. Good evening. Good evening. Could you turn down the volume of your radio, please? I've done that. Okay, we're listening to you. Um. I'm Michelle Ali from Gil. Well, listening, sir. Um, for people mentioning that, uh, he, why Gabi didn't consult the governor during his campaign for a speakership and so on? If you remember, <laughs> during your show, there was a time, I will, not, I will never forget, you asked him that 
has he congratulated uh, Caleb Mutfan about um, his victory? What he said to you is that he will not do that because the case is in, is in court and he believed that his governor candidate will win the case. So there is no time for congratulation. Now, that is what he said. So that is, he's keeping that because he knows that all his manipulations and everything that he will do to win the case, they have been doing it. And with God on the side of the people of Plateau State, who give Plateau State this mandate will not allow it to be truncated by some people. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, 08-09055-66669. Uh, Gilbert, maybe you'll uh, have us take one or two comments. On Facebook, um, Peter Agnes says, My question is this. How come the PDP was on the logo in the ballot paper? Meanwhile, tribunal are saying that they don't have structure. And for the speech of our honorable governor, I'm super proud of him. I pray for more knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to him to pilot us, the Platonians. Activist Cartman says, it was a great speech to all plateau, especially youth. If you know the position you're holding, you will not behave like a rascal in all your approach. Someone quoting an individual is too cheap to a governor to go that low in comparing an honorable member with a governor. Someone that was elected by only two local governments out of 17. Surely it's a cheap propaganda. Felkuka Gowan says, the governor's speech has been delivered with um, mixed okay reaction, greeting it as usual from human beings. Seriously, I'm always an advocate of saying you should invite neutral people to come for your interview than bringing people that always tell the world that they are more plateau than the others. Dr. Saul says, The speech of the governor um, lacks structure and lacks substance. There is nothing inspiring in the speech. It might be his last speech as governor. Dimas Bala says, yesterday's state address by the governor was inspiring and assuring Plateau people that things are going to be better in the coming days. Before INEC declared anybody a winner, they usually say that having satisfied the requirements of the law and scored the highest votes before they will declare you a winner and return you elected. My concern is which law are they still referring to? Mutfang is a divine mandate. Mafia Cyprian Lucas says, the trending... Uh, the trend of saying PDP had no structure during their pre-primary elections. How come INEC approved the candidates and printed the PDP logo on the ballot papers? I think we should put this question to INEC so that all these APC followers will stop uh, growing heads. You say, Panquad Bagdiel says that is what a true leader does. I'm highly impressed. Comrade was Longard says the problem between the Nigerian Labour Congress and the federal government all right. Peter Bali says, I can keenly listen to His Excellency, the Governor of Plateau State. I can see total humility, calmness, very passionate person. Um, he has the best interest of our dear state. I give to him for reassuring us of a greater plan to do better. All right. Yeah, well, uh, this is the March phone call we're going to take on the show tonight. Unfortunately, uh, gentlemen, please go, uh, go ahead and give your concluding remarks. Well, you see, basically, I've been avoiding um, making statements in regards to 
um, what people are inferring or insinuating as it relates to some particular individuals. Um, because in the speech of the governor, he did not make mention of a certain individual, but he made a categorical, I mean, a categorical statement urging the youth on the plateau, you know, to take caution, you know, because if you go into the social media, you will discover that there are quite a lot of issues that people are raising in regards to the upcoming judgment as it pertains the governorship election, um, election petition tribunal. Now, and even as of today, I was called even within the premises of the high court today that there were people who had assembled, you know, thinking that today was going to be the ruling for the yeah. governorship petition tribunal. But unfortunately, that date had not been communicated yet to, Officially. you know, those are concerned. Yeah. And again... Um, we must know for sure that the governor had updated us on the certain critical issues, you know, that had happened even before and even when he took over governance then and things that he intended to do. And critically, you know, that with the subsidy removal, as the case may be right now, one critical point that the governor mentioned was that he was working on reactivating the railway system. And which I saw very fortunately. Well, in fact, uh, shout out to the commissioner for transport because yeah. uh, he has he's working hard uh, to make sure that he, you know that comes to reality. Absolutely, yeah. the commissioner for 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 yeah, transport. um, transportation, um, Davo Dung, he's my very close friend, and and I really do appreciate the fact that um, he's working around the clock to ensure that you know this come to a full manifesta manifestation, and if it works. To that, you will see that um, transportation within the system from Bukuru <coughs> just metropolis uh, covering the crater just Bukuru master plan will be reactivated fully. And the people should be upbeat to ensure, I mean, to see that the upcoming activities that the governor had promised us are going to be, you know, genuine and also giving us a beep of the highlights of what will happen in the days that know to come. Thank you. Well, Mr. Winston. Uh, well, um, my closing statement will be this brief. And straight to the point. Barista Caleb Mudfang is the mandate plateau people know. All maculations that people do will not succeed because this nation is a nation of laws. It is not a banana republic. Whether you congratulate His Excellency on his victory or not, if you congratulate him, he's welcome is commendable but if you don't it is not necessary if you want to join hands with the administration to build a better plateau you're welcome but for as long as you set yourself against government and going to engage in activities that are not in tandem with our laws be careful what you wish for because the law will certainly catch up with you someday and in summary in conclusion also, let me advise, do not take the gentility and the meekness of the governor for weakness. Right. Let me emphasize that do that at your peril. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Winston. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you uh, for my sister, John Chung, uh, who joined via phone. Gilbert, your final word. Yeah, I'm Senator Adamu Bukachua had, you know, approached the court to stop the ICPC and the DSS from investigating him following the statement he made during his valedictory speech at the Senate, you remember, saying his wife aided some of his colleagues and um, he has lost out in that bit. So, 
investigations will go on. Of course, my name is Ponsak Fanab. The news will come your way to above the hour, 6 o'clock. Bye now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.